You're listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast, your place for life-changing messages that will build your faith and propel your life. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend? Uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Remember, the Lord has, uh, has told us to emphasize love. We talk about it quite often uh, because it's one of the most important things. And children, you are dismissed. Children, you may go. Let's give them a, a round of applause, children. Spirit of faith. That's right. Faith Academy is what we called our children's ministry. Father, I pray a blessing as they go, and I declare they have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and by your grace, they'll be a doer of the word. I thank you, Father, for lives transformed. I thank you for raising up giant slayers in the name of Jesus. Amen. And that's what we're doing. We're raising up giant slayers. We ain't babysitting kids. We're raising up giant slayers. We're teaching them, come on, how to yield to the Spirit. We're teaching them the Word. Now, they have a lot of fun. Don't get, it, don't get me wrong, uh, but we're not just babysitting. We're, we're, we're teaching them the Word, and it's vital uh, because they're the next generation, right? Uh, and, and so they're catching a spirit of faith in that room. And that's why we only have two uh, services for children. It's every other week because we're not just putting anybody back there. We're waiting until we raise up anointed people who have the gift to teach kids. Uh, just because you're a warm body and you can babysit, we're not doing that. I'd rather have them in here under the anointing. And I know sometimes they can be moving around. It can be a little distracting, distraction. Uh, but but that, that'll change here uh, as God is raising up people. We're getting ready to, to, to implement another date. So we'll have three out of the four. Uh, so that, that's exciting. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8 is what we're going to be reading here really quickly to get this into our hearts. Allow the Word of God to, 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 to make adjustments on the inside. The Word of God will chisel, will, will, uh, you know, will mold, and it, it'll, it'll work if you let it work, right? But you have to yield to it. Uh, and so we know that love is vital. We know that you could give all your money to the poor uh, and be burnt at the stake, but if you don't do it in love, it means absolutely nothing. You can have all the faith in the world that moves mountains and be incredible at doing all that, but if you don't do it in love, it means nothing. Uh, and so, you know, we, we emphasize this. We, and, and you will only be used to the level in which you develop in your love walk. And I want to be used by God. I'm not going to allow bitterness and offense to clog up the anointing, to clog up the prayer line. No. Nobody is worth getting offended over. Nobody is worth uh, you, you, you getting hindered, right, in your prayers. Because the Bible says that, you know, if you don't forgive, your Father in heaven won't forgive you. That's pretty serious. That's very serious. And a lot of people hang on to things. And I'm not saying that what was done to you uh, is, 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 is a walk in a park. Some people have gone through some terrible things, and, and my heart aches, but they are not worth uh, getting, getting, you know, uh, you being in a place year after year because of offense. They're not worth you getting stuck over. They're just not, right? And so I made up my mind, I'm walking in love whether anybody else walks in love or not. Come on. I don't care what other people do in that sense. I'm going to walk in love. I don't, and sometimes it's hard. But it has nothing to do with being a pastor. Well, yeah, you're a pastor. You need to be. No. Uh, I need to be for my family. Come on. I need to be for my sake. Uh, I need to walk in love. I need my prayers to be answered. Don't you? I need my prayers to be answered. I need my communication line with heaven to be open. And the Bible says when you stand praying... If you have unforgiveness or if you have aught against any, 
Forgive. What does ought mean? Ought means any little thing. So if you have any little thing against anybody, you're to forgive. A lot of us quickly think of the big things. Well, I, no, I don't really, I haven't cursed anybody out, I haven't slapped anybody, I haven't punched anybody, I haven't really, you know, <laughs> haven't stole anything. Yeah, but, but the little things, is, is, the Bible says it's the small things that spoil the vine, the small foxes. It's always the little things that start to add up. It's never really typically the one big thing. And so we allow, we compromise in little areas, and that's what causes us to fall. Uh, and so this is no different. And so we need to really search our heart and allow this word to, 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 to really uproot bitterness. Uh, and that's how it's done. You can only do it by the power of the word. And so really make this a part of your daily study habits. Reading 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 8, and maybe even in the Amplified Bible and different versions so that you can really get this on the inside of you. Let's read it. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 8, with an open heart, ready to receive. Love suffers long and is, uh, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. It's not provoked. Thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Uh, and so, you know, the Bible says that love is the principal thing. Faith worketh by love. And we know we receive everything in the kingdom of God by faith. And the Bible tells us if you're not walking in love, it hinders your faith. And man, it causes all kinds of problems. And so I want to just encourage you to build your faith. Not just because you know we do it on Sundays and Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's not even enough. I mean, you know that that's not enough. You need to do it every day. Uh, you know, Pastor Mark, he'll call me and say, hey, did you read your love chapter? Oh, no. And I've made up my mind I'm going to read my love chapter every day. Have I missed some? Yes. But I, I, th that's one thing, man, I, I need it. I need it on the inside of me, especially when you're dealing with people. Uh, one version says love is patient with imperfect people. I said, oh, man, you know, because sometimes you're like, come on, let's go, let's move. And this person's like, uh, I'm like, come on, what are you doing? And I got to be patient, you know, patient and walk in love with people who don't do things the way I think they should be done, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, and so a lot of us have those tendencies, especially if you're a type A personality, as they call it. Uh, you know, you everybody needs this, but there are some personalities that may need an extra dose, and I'm one of those. I need a double dose, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and so this is vital. This, this, this right here, if you just do this one thing right here, man, I'm telling you, things will go well with you. Things will go well with you. And so make it a habit that you're going to walk in love whether anybody else walks in love or not. That means, well, I'll apologize when they apologize. No, no, no. When you're walking in love, you're the first one to come and say, you know what? I made a mistake. I asked you to forgive me. Not, well, can you forgive me? But, uh, and then you walk, well, what about you? You're not going to say nothing? No, you're not worried about what they're doing. You're not worried about what they're saying. You're the first one to build the bridge back, right? Come on. When I got married, the best piece of advice I got from Pastor Mike Shepard, who was the staff pastor at Joyce Meyer Ministry, he said, you're the head of the household, Joe. And I'm like, yeah, I'm the head of the household, man. I get to tell people what to do. He said, yeah, you know what that means? That means you're the first to repent. You're the first one to come and to ask for forgiveness. You know, when a couple, some of you are married or have been married or, or even in relationships, when, when things kind of get ruffled in the relationship and you don't talk for a while and you're kind of like, well, I'm not going to them. They got to come to me. I went to them last time. And No, no. The man always should be the first one to go and, 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 and as the head of the household, as the leader in the house, right, should be the first one to go and ask for forgiveness. The first one. And you just make that a habit, even if you're not married, even if you're a woman, you just make that a habit in your life. Amen. The, you're the first one. I'm going to be the first one to go and to make things right. Amen. 
You don't want to go 30 years not talking to your brother, 20 years not talking to your aunt or your cousin or your mother. Too many of those going on. Too many of those. No, let's make things right. And even if they continue to, 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 to not get things right with you, you know what? I'm just going to walk in love. They're your parents. The Bible says honor your mother and father. No matter what. It doesn't say honor them if they're great, if they've been there for you, if they've loved you, if they've treated you right. Honor does not mean obey, by the way. Honor just means that you're going to be honorable. You're not going to badmouth them. You're not going to treat them wrong. You're not going to have an attitude with them. You're going to show up and you're going to love them. Now, if they start getting goofy, mom, I got to go. Love you. <laughs> That's it. Get in the car. See you. You don't have to put up with Honor does not mean you have to put up with people's crap either, right? Right? So love just means you, it's, a, it's a posture. Love is a posture. Love is a decision. It's not a feeling. It may produce a feeling. Love is a decision. I'm going to decide to love no matter what. Amen. I'm telling you, church, this right here is elementary. Faith worketh by love. If you're expecting your faith to move mountains, to increase you, come on, to bless you, to strengthen you, to move in the gifts, it has to start with love. Love is the platform that everything else is built on. Love is the curtain rod that everything hangs on. If that love rod goes down, everything goes down with it. I don't care how strong your faith is. I don't care how, how mighty you are as a prophet or whatever you are. If that love walk isn't there, that, you're going down. Amen? Love will clog it up. Amen. Did you get something out of that this morning? All right, we're going home. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just getting started. Well... Um, we're going to talk about our covenant of increase. Pastor Sarah talked about it last week. She did a great job at encouraging us and, and, and really helping us change some mindsets, right? Because we're after the poverty mindset. I'm, I'm targeting the poverty mindset. You can, be, you can have money and still have a poverty mindset. I'm not talking about how much money you have. I'm talking about a mindset that people have. You know, they just, they just squeeze and hold and, and, and they feel like they're, they, they, you know, they're going to lose out and, uh, and, and, you know, they save all the Tupperware from the Chinese restaurant because they, you know, they, they need to have more and more. They wash out the margarine tub because they need to use it. Throw that thing out. You know what I mean? People, my mother grew up doing that and I can't stand it. It's a poverty mentality, right? Uh, and, so they, and so, you know, because we, 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 the Bible says, as a man think it, so is he. If you think poor... You will stay in that position uh, of lack, right? Uh, and so we've been targeting that. Pastor Sarah did a great job. I, uh, I talked about it before the picnic and really just, just encouraging, encouraging. We're going to go precept, line upon line, precept upon precept this morning. I'm going to show you from the Word of God our covenant, and then we're going to see examples of the covenant at work in the Bible. We're going to see Abraham and how the covenant was at work in his life. We're going to see Isaac, how the covenant was at work in his life. We're going to see Jacob and how the covenant was at work in his life. We're going to see Joseph and how the covenant was at work in his life. And, and, and if it's at work in their lives and it's working, right, it's going to work for us. And I'm going to show you why it should work for us. It has to work for us. And if it's not, and I'm going to show you why. Uh, uh, and so, you know, this is a covenant of increase. And so we're going to increase around here. Amen. How many of you are excited about increasing in some areas, right? And, and, and you know, uh, this is important. Money is, is a low-level blessing, but it's necessary. We live in this world, and, and we're not of it, but we live in this world, and we use money, right, to, to, to buy goods, to do things. You can't just tell your landlord, because you don't have the rent money, well, I'm a Christian, and, and I pray in tongues, and, and I'm believing God. He's going to be like, that's great, but where's the money? You know what I mean? We have to be able to pay. You have to be able and to do missions, to do all these things that we're looking to do, build buildings, to help people, to build hospitals, to build, you know, orphanages, all these things, what, cost money, right? And, and so it's available, but we need to learn how to tap into it. And so we're going to look at that this morning. 
Father, we give you the glory for every good thing that happens here this morning, and I declare revelation knowledge flows freely, unhindered and unchecked by any outside force. I declare that you speak through my vocal cords and think through my mind. I declare the anointing is at work here that destroys the, the yoke and removes the burden. I thank you, Father, that people will be set free here this morning. People will be healed and saved. I thank you, Father, that we're coming up to a new level by your grace. And I declare that we're increasing financially uh, even as our soul prospers in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So um, we're going we're gonna to look at... Genesis chapter 17, uh, and so there's poverty-minded people and there's blessing-minded people, and we're endeavoring to become blessed-minded people, blessed, blessing-minded people. There are people who are sin-conscious, and there are people who are righteousness-conscious, meaning sin-conscious is you're always thinking about the things you do wrong. Man, I'm, I keep messing up. I keep doing this, and you just focus on your sin and, and the things that you're messing up on, and, and then there's the flip side, righteousness. I'm, you just think about what Jesus has done, and you think about how forgiven you are and how, how good he is, and that's where you need to be in that area. But it's the same thing when it comes to finances. There's poverty mentality and there's the blessing mentality. And so we're endeavoring to switch some mentalities here this morning uh, to, to, to help us prosper and to help us increase. Um, and so Genesis chapter 17, we're going to look at verse 1. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make the nations, I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. We'll come back to that, but remember that God uh, is the God to Abraham and his descendants after him. Verse 8, also I give you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger, all the land of the Canaan. As an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, as for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you, throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and your descendants after you. Now, if you look back, it says in verse 7, and I will establish my covenant. That word establish means to make steadfast, firm, settle on a firm, permanent basis, to fix, unalterable. Uh, this goes along with Psalms 89, 34, where he says, My covenant I will not break, nor alter the things which have gone out of my mouth. Listen, God will never break this covenant. Now, man can. Man, uh, a lot of times, uh, will back out, but God will never. Uh, in, in Numbers 23, 19, the Bible says that God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. If God says it, he'll do it. If he has spoken it, it shall come to pass. What I'm trying to tell you this morning is that God's word never fails. When he says something, he will do it, right? The Bible says that uh, when you come to God, you must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, right? God is a rewarder. God is good. Uh, Jesus came that you may have life and have it more abundantly, but the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 
Very simple. Good God, bad devil. Good things happening, it's God. Bad things happening, it's the devil. Right? Uh, and so sometimes we create problems for ourselves, but uh, you need to settle that, right? God is faithful to his word. If he makes an agreement with somebody, he will do what he said, right? You need to get that in your spirit before we go anywhere. Um, and then let's look at verse 6, back to verse 6. He says, I will make you exceedingly fruitful. He's not just talking about fruitful in children. He is. He's also, but he's talking about fruitful uh, as in materially and financially. Why? Because this is a covenant of increase. When God made a covenant with Abraham, he fully intended him to increase in every area. Let's look at his life. Let's look at Abraham's life. So God cuts the covenant with him. Let's look at uh, if God kept his word. Uh, let's look at Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. How many of you brought your Bibles here this morning? Right? We, we bring our Bibles to church. We bring our notebooks to church. We're expecting the Lord to speak to us, right? It's good to get your eyes on the Word. You brought your iPad. That's cool. That's fine. But you need to be getting these, these scriptures into your eyes. And, and you need to be checking up on me. How I many you know you shouldn't just be taking what I say at face value? You need to be studying things out for yourself. Right? Very important. Don't just take what the preacher says. Read the Bible. That's how you stay grounded. That's how you stay from going from doctrine to doctrine and uh, you know, not, not really understanding. Go and check it out for yourself. Well, I don't really understand. Well, keep, keep showing up. Keep coming to Bible study. Uh, there, there, are, there are plenty of resources here to help you understand, uh, and you'll get there. And Father, I pray right now for a spirit of wisdom and revelation to come upon each and every person here to see where they've never seen, to understand where they've never understood. I declare right now that the eyes of your understanding, they're being enlightened right now. It's being enlightened right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. And that's another thing. In Ephesians, we talk about this often. Pray that prayer over your life. The prayer in Ephesians, Ephesians 1.17. You know, I pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation to come upon me. Wisdom and revelation. Huge. And you'll start to see things, I guarantee it. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. He says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. And we know that blessing, uh, uh, the word blessing, well, let me just say this. Uh, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. And then Proverbs 10, 22, you don't need to turn there. It says, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich. So God tells Abraham in Genesis 12, 2, he says, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. What happens when the blessing is upon somebody's life? When God's blessing is upon your life, we just saw in Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and has no sorrow or toil with it. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like to hear the word rich in church. You hear rich like, ugh. They, they, people think that, that, that being poor and, and God uh, and being holy are linked by, by a very small rope, and it's not. Right? Being poor and being holy don't go together. Actually, God calls poverty uh, a curse. It's under the curse. Poverty is under the curse according to God. Uh, people think the less money you have, the holier you are. The worst car you drive, man, they, they're just very humble people. You know, they're, they're just, you know, they love God. They don't have much. In Spanish, the word humble means humilde, right? And so in, in Colombia, at least, when someone is describing a poor family, they will say, oh, they're very humilde, son muy humilde. Uh, like, oh, they're just humble. They don't have much. They think that humility is a badge of honor. Uh, a, a humility means to be poor. Humility does not mean to be poor. I'm telling you right now. Being humble does not mean that you're poor, right? Uh, the Bible says God gives grace to the humble, uh, but humble does not mean poor. And so in the Spanish culture, they think that 
someone who is humble is poor. Uh, and, and, and you'll hear the phrase, well, we're poor, but we're proud. Uh, and, and Keith Moore says, well, God will deliver you from both if you let him. Being poor and proud, right? And, and so, you know, we need to change the way we think with these things in church. Uh, people, you know, that's why they stay people who love God with all their hearts but can't pay their bills. They're broke. And I'm not talking about someone who's coming out of something and they're struggling. They're just getting to know God. I'm talking about you've been in church 20 years, right, coming, but, but struggle your whole life. It should not be that way. And it's because of a lack of understanding a lack of light concerning these things you can only act upon what you have what, what you know right you can only have faith for what has been revealed to you and if you don't understand it, 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 and you don't have revelation concerning the covenant of increase you will stay in a place of lack right and and, and being in lack there's nothing fun about being in lack there's nothing fun about not having enough money to send your kids to a good school. There's nothing fun about not having enough money to buy the proper clothes for your kids. There's not, nothing fun about not having a car to be able to make the doctor's appointments, right? Come on. There's nothing fun about that. That, that is a curse. That is not a blessing. And not having enough is not a blessing. And that's one of the poverty mentalities that we need to shift. Uh, and some church leaders have spoken against increase. And I don't know how, when I've studied this out for myself, this was not invented by Kenneth Copeland in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, uh, Kenneth Hagen in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or, or Kenneth Copeland in, in Fort Worth, Texas. No, this is Jesus we're talking about. This is God. This is a covenant of increase, and we're about to see that. But we need to shift some thinking because the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it. Now, am I reading that right, or am I, am I, am I making that up, right? And, and so what the world is out there doing is trying to get rich, and they're losing their families for it. They're losing their marriages, their relationships, their sanity. And the Bible says that the blessing will come upon you, make you rich, but you're not going to lose your sanity and your family. It will come with no sorrow and no toil. That means just disaster and, and calamity. It won't come with that, right? And so that's what we're after. We're after the blessing. We're not seeking uh, uh, money per se, but when God says he wants to bless you, let him bless you. Let him bless you. If I want to bless my daughter, my daughter's like, no, nah, I don't want you to. I'm like, come on, what do you mean? I want to. I'm your dad. I want you to have nice stuff. I want you to enjoy this toy that I've been working on, and I bought it for you, and, and I want you to have it. And some of us are like, no, you know, I'm just okay with me. I just need enough for me, myself, and my bird, and, you know, I don't, I don't really. That's selfish, by the way, right? What about other people, right? If you have more than enough, you can help other people. If you find out that it's God's will for you to prosper, are you just going to let him prosper you? Are you? Will you be obedient to God's will this morning if you find out that it's his will for you to prosper? How many of you say, yep, I'll be obedient to his will. I'll let him prosper, right? Some people are like, oh, I don't know about all that. Well, if it's his will, will you not, be, will you not yield to his will then? So that you give it all away. Give it to the church. Well, we'll be fine. We'll help people if you're that much against it, right? Uh, and so uh, we're going to see that it is his will. We're going to see that it is his will. Genesis chapter 13, so we saw Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, he said, I will make you a great nation, I will bless you. We see that when God says he will bless you, the blessing means that the Lord will make you rich, and really the word blessing means to empower, to prosper. If you look at the definition of bless, blessing, empower, to prosper. He empowers us to prosper, to do well. Uh, and so let's look at Genesis chapter 13. I'm going to turn there. I have it written here, but I want to read it to you. Genesis chapter 13. We're going to start in verse 1. Then Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had. And Lot, with, Lot went with him to the south. Abraham, look at this. Abram was very rich 
in livestock, in silver, and in gold. So we see uh, in Genesis before that, in Genesis chapter 12, God makes a covenant with them. God says, I will bless you. I'll make you a great nation. Genesis 13, it didn't take them very long. It took them one chapter. <laughs> How many chapters is it going to take you to prosper? Come on, right? We're, we're getting some understanding. It shouldn't take us long, right? And so he says, uh, I'll bless you. I'll make you a great nation. In verse 13, we see that Abram was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold. And, and that's the point I wanted to make. But I want to keep reading here the story about Abraham and Lot, right? Uh, because Abraham knew now that the covenant was on his life. And, and, and I want to, I'll read it and I'll explain it to you. And he went on his journey from the south and as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place of the altar which he had made there at first. And there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. Lot also, who went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. Now the land was not able to support them. They were so blessed that the land was not able to support them, that they may dwell together. For their possessions were so great, the Bible says, that they could not dwell together. The covenant was cut with Abraham. Abraham prospered, started to do well. He's living with, with, with Lot, and, and the land is not able to hold them. It's like saying, we need a bigger house. <laughs> with this house right here, uh, our land is not able to hold what's happening. God is blessing us, multiplying us. Uh, and so it says that they could not dwell together. Verse 7. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. Uh, then the Canaanites and the Prezerites and the Mennonites, no, not the Mennonites, no, I'm just kidding, <laughs> then dwelt in the land. So Abraham said to Lot, please let there be no strife between me and you and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I'll go right. If you take the right, then I'll go left. This is Abraham talking a lot. Well, they came to a crossroads, and he's like, you pick. I'll take whatever you don't want. Because he knew the covenant of God on his life, the covenant of increase, that wherever he went, he was going to be blessed. He was going to prosper. Verse 10, and Lot uh, lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as you go towards Zorah. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east. So Lot looks up and sees, oh, this land over here, this is water, this is nice, that looks like crap. And so he goes that way. And the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from this place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward, for all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants forever, and I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. Then Abraham moved his tent and went and dwelt by the therabite tree of Merim, which he are in Hebron and built an altar there to the Lord. So when someone has the covenant of increase on their life, they're not worried about jocking for this, jocking for that. Well, you take whatever you want and the Lord will take care of me. That's someone who knows that God is his source. That's someone who trusts in the covenant that God has cut with him. That they're not getting in strife over stuff, over, over this and that. And that's how we should be. Too many people fighting over this, fighting over, you can have it. You want to come and take, you and Jesus tells us that if they ask us to go a mile, go two miles. If they ask for our shirt, give him the coat. Because we have a covenant with Almighty God. Amen. We have a covenant with Almighty God, and he'll provide. Um, and so we see he was very rich. Genesis chapter 24, verse 1. We'll see how Abraham turned out. Abraham, it's said about him in Genesis 24, verse 1. Now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. 
Somebody say all things. And we know all things to us is a car, right, a house, right, money in the bank, uh, well able to pay your rent, well, you know, fully funded, able to do the things that God has called you to do in all things. So, because he had a covenant of increase on his life. Uh, so, remember, it's not just to Abraham, it's also to his descendants. And so let's look at Isaac, which is his son. In verse 7 of, of what we read before uh, of Genesis 17, you don't have to go there, but I'm just going to reread it to you so that you, you, you have it fresh. He said, I will establish my covenant between me and your descendants. This is God talking to Abraham. So let's look at Isaac's, uh, Isaac, who's Abraham's son, a descendant of Abraham, obviously. Genesis chapter 26. We're, we're going line upon line here this morning. I want you to see it from the word. I don't, I, don't want, I don't want to just preach to you and you get all excited and happy. I want you to see it from the authority of the word that God's covenant is a covenant of increase. Amen. Because this is for you and I'm going to show it to you. Genesis chapter 26 verse 24. And the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. So God is telling Isaac, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply you. Why? Because of the covenant that I have cut with your father Abraham. Because of the covenant I've cut with him, I'm going to bless you. That's what he's telling Isaac. And let's see if he kept his word. Did God make good on that? Abraham, uh, Genesis 26, 13. Genesis, I know we're moving here, but Genesis 26, 13. But this is very important. Bible says he became a very rich man and his wealth continued to grow. This is talking about Isaac, the descendant of Abraham. Another version, the Amplified says, and the man Isaac became great and gained more and more. Somebody say more and more. Until he became very wealthy and extremely distinguished. Why? Because he had a covenant of increase with Almighty God. Amen. Bible says he became wealthy and his, 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 um, he increased more and more. And so uh, let's look at his son Jacob. Because remember, it's not only to Abraham, but also his descendants. So we have Isaac was first. Jacob is Isaac's son. Genesis 28, 13. Go ahead and turn there. I'll give you a second. Genesis chapter 28, verse 13. You there? All right. I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give it to you and to your descendants. Your descendants will also be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and in your descendants shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Go to Genesis chapter 30, verse 43. We're going to see what happened to Jacob. So as you see, God visited Abraham, told him about the covenant. God visit, uh, visited Isaac and said, hey, listen, I'm going to bless you. And then we saw what happened to Isaac's life. Now we're looking at Jacob. God visits Jacob and explains to him that he has a covenant as well. And we're going to see what happened uh, in Jacob's life. And we're going to... Read that in Genesis 30, verse 43, in the Amplified says, So Jacob became exceedingly prosperous. And that word exceedingly means extreme. So you could substitute extreme. You could say, so Jacob became extremely prosperous and had large flocks of sheep and goats and female and male servants and camels and donkeys. 
Um, and then we see in Genesis 33, when Jacob is making things right with Esau, his testimony to Esau is, for God has been very gracious to me, I have more than enough. Amen. He has more than enough. Why? Because of the covenant of increase that he had with Almighty God. Get this in your spirit, covenant of increase. And we're getting ready to show you how this covenant of increase also belongs to you. It was not just the covenant with Abraham, not just the covenant with Isaac or Jacob, right? It's also the covenant that God has with us. And I'll show you that in a second. But I have to, I have to lay this foundation. And so we're seeing here what? That the covenant of increase worked not only for Abraham, but for Isaac and Jacob. It also worked for Joseph. Let's look at uh, Genesis chapter 39. And Joseph is Jacob's son. So we're going straight down the line, right? Straight down the line here. Genesis 39, verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph. You know, Joseph is my favorite character in the Bible. Not only because my name is Joseph, but, man, Joseph stayed faithful. He gets thrown uh, into a pit, gets sold into slavery after he tells his brothers the dream that God had given him. Gets sold into slavery, gets uh, bought by Potiphar, rises through the ranks there, is in charge of Potiphar's house, uh, uh, and, and then Potiphar's wife decides she wants some of Joseph, and, and Joseph says, nope, I'm not doing that, gets thrown in jail. And, you know, Joseph could have given up. Joseph could have said, I'm throwing in the towel, I've had it. But he decided, I'm not going to get weary in well-doing. I'm going to honor God. And what happened? He became the, in charge of the jail, right? Rose through the ranks. And then one night he's in jail, the next night, come on, the, 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 the Pharaoh of Egypt, come on, calls him out, and now he's the prime minister of Egypt. And Joseph's incredible. Joseph rises through adversity. And that same spirit that's on Joseph is on me and you. Amen. Come on. The blessing that was on Joseph is on you and I to rise in adversity. Come on. Amen. One minute uh, he's, in the, he's, in the, he's in the jail and the next minute he's in the palace. So no matter what you're facing, no matter what situation you're in right now, come on, tomorrow it could be different. Amen. Tomorrow, I said tomorrow it could be different. There's nothing that the devil has done to you that God can't do something about right now. Come on. It'd be a quick work right now. God will shift it and turn it right now. Amen. And so that's what we're expecting. All right, Genesis, where were we? Genesis, we're talking about Joseph. Let's see here. What was it? Thirty-nine. The Lord was with Joseph, and he, even though a slave, became a successful and prosperous man. Now his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord caused all that he did to prosper, succeed in his hand. Man, that's incredible. And, and, and this is the amplified version. So it, it tells us that even though he was a slave, he succeeded and prospered. And this tells me that the covenant of increase will work uh, no matter what job you have, no matter what neighborhood you live in, come on, no matter what country you live in, no matter where you came from, no matter what color you are, no matter what gender you are, come on, if he was a slave and God prospered him and increased him, come on, you, we have no excuse, come on, well, I'm, I'm, I'm Hispanic, well, I'm black, well, I don't have a good job, or I didn't come from a good family. The covenant of increase, that's not how you qualify. You qualify based upon whether God has cut that covenant with you, and he has. Right? And he has. We're going to see that. And so let's take those things out of our mind. Let's, let's lift those limitations, the color of our skin, our job, where we come from, or how old we are. Nothing, nothing to do with any of that. Man may look at that. I mean, God doesn't care about that. Right? When it comes to these things. 
So the blessing was on Joseph's life as well. His master noticed that something was on Joseph's life that caused him to prosper and succeed even though he was a slave. Let's go over to, uh, let's go over to Galatians. Now I'm going to show you how, how it is that we qualify for this covenant. You may be thinking, well, this is for Abraham. How does this uh, you know, affect us? How, and we're in the new covenant. We're in the new testament. Well, let's look at that because it's an important, uh, it's a good question. Uh, and really, uh, you know, it, it's important that we see it because this is something that it could be a game changer for you. You get a hold of this. This can shift things for you. Understanding the covenant that you have with God is going to be crucial to you prospering in the kingdom. Absolutely vital. Uh, you can't fast for God to bless you or to enforce the covenant. You can't pray. Uh, I'm going to show you uh, how you qualify for it in a second. But go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. Are you there? Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. Now, how many of you are in Christ? We're in Christ, right? If you're not, you're going to have the opportunity to, to receive Jesus at the end of this service. If you're watching and you've never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, you're going to have that opportunity at the end of this service so that you can know that you know that your eternal home will be heaven and that you can partake in this covenant of increase. But for right now, for those of you in here, now that you belong to Christ, that's us, you are the true children of Abraham. In other words, you are the seed of Abraham. It says you are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Man, I'm telling you, get that down in your spirit because it's talking about you. I'm going to read that again. Galatians 3, chapter 3, verse 29. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. And we just saw God's promise to Abraham, what it produced, right? The covenant that he had with Abraham to bless him, to prosper him. We saw that Abraham was very rich. We saw that his descendants were very rich. And this is telling me that I am a child of Abraham. I am his seed and I am his descendant. So I, therefore, qualify for this covenant. Oh, come on. You, you missed the chance to shout. Come on. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. You're preaching. Come on. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen this morning. Come on. Amen. Come on. A covenant of increase. <laughs> and so whatever God promised to Abraham also belongs to us. Galatians chapter 3 verse 14. If you are in Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The New Living Translation says... Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles. The Gentiles basically means the non-Jew. We are Gentiles. So God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham. Man, this is good. So that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. I'm going to read that first part again. Galatians 3.14. Write this down. Through Jesus Christ, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham. And we know the same, let's just read the, again what he promised to Abraham. In, in uh, Genesis 17, he said, I will establish my covenant between you and your descendants after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. And he said that uh, he will bless him, he will multiply him, he will make him exceedingly fruitful. All of these things belong to you and I. We are able to partake in this covenant of increase. And so... Galatians 3.14, as we just read, uh, tells us that it's not just Abraham's covenant, it's ours as well. That means whatever God promised to Abraham pertains to us. Say this after me. Say, I have a covenant of increase. 
I have a covenant of increase with Almighty God. So how does the covenant work? The way the covenant worked in Abraham and his descendants' life uh, is according to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Go ahead and go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. I'm going to show you how, how, how you play your part. Because a covenant is a well-defined agreement, right? So God has his part. God told us that he will bless us, uh, uh, you know, multiply us. Uh, he, he'll be our God. Uh, the covenant of increase, his part is well-defined. Now, what is our part? How do we partake in this? How do we experience what came upon Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Abraham? How do we experience that? It's the million-dollar question. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 28. And it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey, there it is, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So obedience is the key to having the covenant of increase working in your life obedience. Well, Pastor Joe, we're under the new covenant, and, and we're under grace, and, and I, you know, obedience is not really a big thing. And Well, let's look at Luke chapter 6, verse 46, and let's see what Jesus has to say about this. Right? I'm not saying we have to be perfect, uh, but if you choose to disobey God, you cannot just expect the covenant of increase to be working in your life. If you make it a, a habit to say, you know what, I'm going to live in sin, and I don't care, but the blessing is going to come upon me, you're wrong. Grace is not the ability to cover up everything. It's the ability to overpower and give you the strength to overpower the sin, right? That's what grace is. Thank God for God's mercy. He delights in showing mercy. He gives mercy to the humble, right? He gives grace to the humble. But the Bible says he resists the proud. That word resist means actively work against, right? So it's not like God is not just doing nothing. He's actively coming against. He will make sure things don't work. If you decide to, because the Bible says the way of the sinner is hard. When you decide to be a sinner and live in that, it will be hard, right? It will be hard. And so obedience is the key. Where was I? Obedience is the key. Um, what did I tell you to go? Oh, Luke chapter 6, verse 46. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? This is Jesus saying. He said, well, you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I tell you. In other words, God is asking us to be obedient. And we know the first miracle Jesus did, his mother came out and said, do everything he tells you to do. Obedience qualifies you for the miracle. He turned water, well, what did he, he turn water into wine. Uh, that was his first miracle. That wouldn't have been able to happen if they were not obedient, if they would have just you know, did halfway, filled it halfway. No, he, said, he filled them up, right? His mother came out and said, do exactly what Jesus tells you to do. Obedience is the key to seeing the miraculous. Obedience is what qualifies you for the covenant of increase. Uh, and not fasting. I'm all for fasting. We fast in this church. We believe in it, we believe, but, but that's not what qualifies you for the covenant of increase. You can't pray for the covenant of increase. You, you can pray and be disobedient and still not see the covenant of increase work in your life. That's what I'm telling you this morning. And so uh, I'm going to give you an example. 
And then we're going to give you the opportunity to pray. I'm going to pray with you. If you have something in your life where you say, Father, I repent. Because repentance, what Pastor Henry and Marlene were talking about with Pastor Sarah on the broadcast, repentance is, is, is absolutely um, uh, just what a gracious thing that God has implemented, repentance. When, you're, when you say, Father, I repent, that, that's showing humility. That's where grace comes and helps you and strengthens you. Uh, and so I'm going to give you that opportunity. You don't have to tell us what it is. But if you say, Father, I come before you, I humble myself, and I believe the altar right here, strength will come upon you. Things will start to shift and change, and God's grace will come upon you, right, uh, to start seeing the covenant of increase work in your life. God showed me that yesterday, so we'll do that here in a second. But I want to show you 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verse 5. Obedience. The Bible says that the willing and the obedient eat the good of the lamb. Obedience is, is, is crucial, and you can only do it by God's strength and by God's grace. You try to do it in your own strength. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to be obedient. Eh, you know, you rely on his strength. Tap into his ability, his grace. That will give you the power uh, to, to, to be obedient. Uh, and it's spending time with him, right? It, it's developing your spirit. All of these things will help you uh, overcome, uh, will help you go to the next level as it pertains to overcoming sin. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you are transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right? The Bible says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Getting in the word, transforming the way you think, it will transform your actions, and it will transform your life. Second uh, Chronicles 26, before we pray for people, last verse here I'm going to read, uh, starting in verse 5. He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. As long as you seek God. As long as you, you continue to, to put your face towards him, continue to honor him, God will prosper you. It's impossible for that not to happen. Absolutely impossible. And so we're going we're gonna to right now stand to your feet. I'm going to give you the opportunity. Uh, if you're in this place and you say, can you play a little music for me? If you say, you know what, I, I have some things that, that, man, are stopping me from accessing this covenant of increase. I, I, maybe unforgiveness, maybe bitterness, maybe it's sin. Uh, and you want to come down here and, and, and kneel before Almighty God and say, Father, I need your help. I need your strength. I'm repenting. I want to make things right with you. I want this in operation in my life. I want everything you have for me. If that's you, I'm going to invite you. Just come on down. Come out of your chair right now. Don't let anything stop you. Don't let pride. Don't let what people are going to think of you. Come on down here. The anointing is here. The anointing that destroys the yoke and removes the burden is here. And it will strengthen you. You will go to another level. I'm telling you right now. Well, Father, I'll give, you another, I'll give you another minute. Father, I ask that you give strength right now to those that are on the fence. So come on down. Yep. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the covenant of increase. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says he gives grace to the humble, right? So coming down here is showing humility. That's what that's showing. And you can expect grace to show up in your life. You can expect God's help to show up in your life. And you can expect the covenant of increase to start operating in your life. 
Close your eyes, lift your hands. Father, I thank you for the covenant of increase, the covenant of, of peace and of joy. I thank you, Lord, that because they are taking steps of humility, grace is rushing in. Great grace is coming upon them to help them and to strengthen them, Father. In the name of Jesus. I declare right now the anointing that destroys the yoke and removes the burden comes upon you right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you in the name of Jesus. Say, I repent. I walk in love. I walk in peace. I walk in joy. The covenant of increase is at work in my life. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Anytime you think of covenant, think of increase. Anytime you think of covenant, think of increase. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for the oil of gladness right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Yes. See, I repent. I repent. Father, I come before you in humility, and I ask for grace. Thank you. Thank you for your mercy. In Jesus' name. Yes, great grace comes upon you. Increase. Father, let the covenant of increase fully manifested in her life because she has taken this step right now to, to, to get right back on the horse, get back on the cart, and keep moving towards you. Father, you will honor that right now. I thank you for honoring that, Lord. <laughs> yes, things are shifting. Things are turning. Yes, yes, yes. You're coming up, you're coming up, and you're coming over. Things are getting brighter and brighter and better and better. Yes, yes. Look towards him. Keep your eyes on him. Don't look to the storm. Don't look to the waves. You won't sink. Keep your eyes on him in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. The oil of gladness. Hallelujah. Praise you. Yes. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Humility. Humility brings grace. I declare great grace. Waves of grace, literally like a wave carries a surfer, waves of grace will carry you into the next season. Waves of grace will carry you into the next season. In Jesus' name, the covenant of increase, an operation in your life because of this step of repentance and of humility. Father, we thank you, Lord, that the blessing is upon her life, the blessing that was upon Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the, Abra the, 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 the blessing that was upon David and Moses. Moses comes upon her. Thank you, Father, because she is joint heirs with Christ. She is now a seed of Abraham. And, Father, the blessing belongs to her. Thank you, Lord. Harvest from the northeast, south, and the west. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, great grace comes upon you right now. Thank you, Father. Yes, to go further and higher, to go deeper in the things of God. This season will come to an end. The season of increase, of joy, of the things that you've been believing for, the things that you've been petitioning them for, you will see it. You will see it. If you keep one foot in front of the other, if you keep getting back up, you keep getting back on the horse, you keep seeking him, you keep going after him, even if you fall, you just keep getting back up. I'm telling you right now, a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, you won't even recognize your situation. You'll be a testimony of God's goodness, of his faithfulness, of his love, and of his mercy. You'll be telling your story around the world of God's goodness and his grace. You will lack no good or beneficial thing. Increase in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Grace, great grace in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Praise you, Father. Can somebody get me some tissues, please? A napkin or something? Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, the oil of gladness 
comes upon Joe. I thank you, Father, for your love at work in him. Thank you, Father. Show him how much you love him, how much you care for him, how, how proud you are of him for the steps that he's taken, for the changes that have happened in his life. You're not a hard God. You're a loving God. And it's not about his works. It's about the decision that he's made to honor you. Thank you, Father, for your compassion over him. Thank you for using him mightily. And I declare the covenant of increase at work in your life because of this step of humility. Great grace. In the name of Jesus, increase him, Father. Bless him, Lord. Bless him, Lord. Bless him. Like you blessed Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Bless him like you blessed me. Bless him, Father. Bless him, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Lord, the things that he is desiring of you, the things that he petitions you that nobody knows about, grant them to him, Lord. Grant them to him, Father, in the name of Jesus. Joy, unspeakable joy, a softness in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you, Joe. We love you, man. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. If you're in this place and you've never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, or if you're watching online and you've never made him the Lord and Savior, today is your day. Most people think that they have to fix themselves, clean themselves up before they come to God. God is saying, come as you are. He will clean you up. He'll help you. He will bring the people around you. He'll give you the strength and the things you need to be able to change the things you want to change. Don't leave here today. Every head, every eye closed, every head bowed, please. Don't leave here today without making that decision to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. You're not promised tomorrow. You can leave here and your life will be required of you. And, and, and man, you'll, you won't have another chance. Things have, happen, things have happened like that. This is your chance. God is giving you yet another opportunity to make things right with him. If you mean business with God, he means business with you. It's a very simple but powerful prayer. Don't leave here today. You need a Savior. I don't care. It has nothing to do whether you're an addict or not an addict. Every person needs a Savior. Every person. And Jesus is that Savior. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. So if you want to pray that prayer, if you want to know that you know that Jesus will be your eternal, that heaven will be your eternal home when you leave this earth, if you want to know that you know, on the count of three, Lift up your hand and say, Pastor, pray with me. I, I want to know. Don't let pride, don't let what anybody thinks of you. Uh, you're not going to be perfect when you leave here, even if you do pray. But, but one thing is for sure, your eternal destination will be heaven. And God will give you grace to help start to change and, and, and to shift the things in your life. Things will get better. Things will get better. There's no better decision than giving your life to the Lord. I was a drug addict bound by drugs and alcohol depression, suicidal. God changed all of that. He'll do it for you. So if that's you on the count of three, I want you to slip up your hands. Say, Pastor, pray. Pray with me. One, don't let anything stop you. Two, nothing stop you. Three, go ahead and slip up your hand if that's you. Say, Pastor, I want you to pray with me. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Say, Pastor, I, I, I want to pray with you. I, I need to receive Jesus. All right, if you lifted up your hand, I want you to just come on down here real quick. I'm going to pray with you. Come on down here. Give them a round of applause as they come. Come, bro. We pray with you, man. 
me pray with you. My man, come on. My man, you ain't no spooky. You good? While you pray right there where you're at, lift your hands up. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. I repent of all my sin and ask for your forgiveness. I give you my life. Do something with it. I want your plan. I want your will. Help me. Give me strength. Jesus' name, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe you are the Son of God. I make you my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Let's stay right here. If you, if you just prayed that prayer online, reach out to me. I want to get some materials into your hands. If you you don't go to a local church, get plugged in. Get plugged into a church. If you live anywhere in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, I want to invite you here to Life in Christ. You'll love it here. You need to get plugged into a church. Very important. All right, stand to your feet. I'm going to pray a blessing over you. Father, I pray a blessing over every person here, and I declare your goodness and your faithfulness upon their lives. I declare the angels of God encamped around each and every one of them, lest they dash their foot against a stone. I thank you, Father, that because they, are, uh, they abide under the shadow of the Almighty, <laughs> no plague, no disease shall come near their dwelling and I declare the blood of Jesus over them I declare their bodies healed and strong and well from the top of their head to the soles of their feet nothing missing nothing broken be strong in the Lord and the power of his might thank you Lord because they are your beloved they shall have sweet sleep no more waking up groggy no more not sleeping you shall sleep in Jesus name the blessing of the Lord upon your life the covenant of increase at work in your life in Jesus name God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast. Help us to continue to share the message of faith with those all over the world. Visit licchurch.com forward slash give to partner with us today.